Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Do you like sports? Cause we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sport Jack. Sport Jack. It's Sport Jack. Welcome to episode 329 of the Sports Jack podcast. Oh, you mean the Steve Carlton episode? Steve Carlton. Steve Carlton was a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals in the late 60s and really struggled, led the major leagues in losses one year with the Cardinals. He went to Philadelphia. Philadelphia at the time of the early 70s was awful. They were brutal. And somehow in 1972, Steve Carlton won almost half of the Phillies games for them as a pitcher. He went 27-10 and 10 with a 1.96 ERA, won the Cy Young Award, wound up winning 20 games or more four times during his big league career. One of the best left-handed pitchers of all time, won 329 games, was not one who liked to speak to the media. No? No. <laughs> who um, really does? Well, clearly not Steve Carlton or Naomi As- Osaka or, well, there's a ton of people that don't like speaking to the media. I'm not sure Brian Kelly likes it either, but he has to do it sometimes. Nevertheless, Steve Carlton, 329 wins this episode Family Broadcasting Corporation, in association with the Studio DNA Podcast Network, presents Sports Yak. One host knows sports, the other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Here's your host, Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here! And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer, this one will be relived, Chuck Freebie. Forever! Well, they tried to keep it a secret uh, for Father's Day weekend, but apparently the Mann family is going to see the Cubs this weekend. Congratulations. I'm very excited. The yeah. Miami Marlins in town this weekend. I have not seen the Cubs since... August of 2019, Cubs and Nationals. Oh wow! Okay, so a couple a of bit. years. Been a bit. It's a uh, you'll. I think you'll like the Gallagher Park, Gallagher Way, which is kind of outside the third base side, down the left field side. Yeah, as you may remember, I did go on the baseball tour of Wrigley. Right. So I've been there since. So was that done at that time? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So Yes, yeah. they took my $80 for a new hoodie, so they, they're done. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, I think you'll have a good time, and 
you'll get to see a first-place ball club because despite losing three out of four to the Mets this week, Cubs bounce back with a nice 2 nothing win last night. Javi Baez hits a first-inning home run right off the big apple in center field that comes up when the Mets home run. Oh, okay. Yeah, he hit it right into the well where the apple is. And then Kyle Hendricks made that stand up. Six innings of shutout baseball. The Cubs went with that trusted bullpen that they now have, which seems weird to say. <laughs> Cubs and trusted bullpen, but it worked out. Chafin, Tapera, and Kimbrell come in and slam the door on the Mets. And thanks to the Brewers remaining ice cold here for the last week or so, the Cubs are in first in the NL Central with that 2 nothing win. They continue to have injury problems. Chris Bryant not, did not play last night. He got hit on the hand with a pitch earlier in the week. I take that back. I think he was back in the lineup last well, night. Well, negative uh, x-ray. Negative if I x-ray. That twist. He was back in the tweet. lineup last night. It was the night before that he didn't play against DeGrom. Boy, Jacob DeGrom, did you see any of the game Wednesday night? I did not. So Jacob DeGrom is a pitcher for the Mets, and many believe he is the best pitcher in baseball right now. His ERA going into the game was 0.56. He actually has more RBI as a hitter this year than runs that he has allowed as a pitcher. And in three innings against the Cubs, he struck out eight of the nine batters he faced. And you might say, well, why didn't he stay in longer? Apparently he hurt his shoulder. And he's got a sore shoulder, and so there's no telling how long he's going to be on the injured list. And you continue to see these injuries mount in Major League Baseball. Cubs have had their share. The White Sox have had their share of injuries. Nick Madrigal now out for the year for the White Sox. Adam Eaton is on the injured list. Sox started a road trip last night in Houston, and they got shelled by a count of 10-2. to Abraham Toro! The third baseman for the Astros, home run and four RBI. So we'll see if the Sox can bounce back, but they are comfortably ensconced in first place in the American League Central. So Chicago, the home, two first-place baseball teams right now. We asked a question about that back on June 1st, as you may recall. Mm -hmm. Will the Cubs and White Sox stay in first throughout the month of June it's been a, more of a struggle for the Cubs than the White Sox, but they are still both in first as we record this on June 18th. Tigers. The Tigers were playing well this week. They had the benefit of playing Kansas City, so that helped them play well. They got a couple of one-run wins over the Royals. Don't try to say that five times. Wow, one-run one win. Yeah, there wow. you go. See how that works. <laughs> and then Royals. One-run wins over the Royals. Uh but then they had to go out to Anaheim last night, and they lose 7-5 to Joe Madden and the Angels. Uh, Tigers are in fourth place in the American League Central. But A.J. Hinch, I, I do see signs of progress with this team. I think they are getting better. The bullpen is still a problem for the Tigers. And so we'll see if they can ever get that issue resolved. It, it seems to have been that way since the days of uh, – Fernando Rodney, episode 327. <laughs> South Bend Cubs got pounded last night in Cedar Rapids, 12-4. Uh, they are 18-20 and 20 right now. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this is maybe the, the second or third road series they've had this year. 
but they seem to split every series they play. They play these six-game series now, and they have had a host of them go three and three. They've got some work to do if they're going to split this series with Cedar Rapids. Bad news is a loss. Good news is 100% fan capacity. So Yeah, and we're excited about that because it's, it's nice to see crowds back. Hasn't it been nice to see the crowds back in the Cubs games at yes, Wrigley Field? absolutely. 100%. So we'll see how you navigate 41,000 this weekend. Hey, Nico Cavadas, we talked about that big home run he had Monday night. He's the single-season record holder for home runs at the University of Notre Dame. He was selected as an All-American yesterday by Baseball America, first-team All-American. He is the first first-team All-America player for Notre Dame since 2002 when Steve Stanley got selected. So congratulations to Nico. We'll keep an eye on him for the draft. By the way, the draft is next month, July 13th, I believe. Let's head north and talk baseball. Tough end of the season yesterday for Buchanan. They just ran into a hot pitcher from Gross Point Liggett, and the Bucks go out in the state semifinals, Division Three for baseball, by a count of 2 nothing. There is supposed to be semifinal action today up in Michigan, but it's been a rainy morning. They've already pushed back the start times two hours for any of the games. Have they? And we'll see if they are able to get them in. Lakeshore, Division Two baseball, your Lancers are scheduled to play Gladwin from up in northern Michigan. Uh, that was supposed to start at 1130. The earliest it'll start now is 130. Buchanan softball is playing. They're hoping that Sophie Lomack uh, can come up with a big game today as the Bucks go up against the Standish Sterling High School Panthers of one Melanie Bizzo. And uh, Bridgman will play today as well as they play a school from Unionville, Michigan. That's in Division Four. But again, that's all weather permitting. The last I saw, the rain continues to come across the lake and right across the state of Michigan. So we'll see. A good uh, Twitter follow if you want to keep an eye on Michigan scores like that is our pal Phil McDonald at WSJM. It's a oh, good follow. He's not bad. Yeah. He's not bad. Uh, or if you want to just follow the MHSA website, they'll have those up-to-the-minute times as well. So this was big news yesterday uh, in Chicago. The Bears uh, have ch- picked up some real estate. Well, they are looking at buying Arlington International Racecourse. And you might say, well, why would they want to do that? The Bears, for years, have struggled with the lease that they have at Soldier Field with the Chicago Parks Department. Because, quite frankly, a lot of the money that you spend as a Bears fan at Wrigley or at Soldier Field goes to the city of Chicago. It does not go to the Chicago Bears. You may not care about that, but the Bears do. And... They've asked for improvements to be made at Soldier Field over the years. They haven't really been made all that much. The turf at Soldier Field has been an embarrassment over the years. And so they're looking at Arlington Park in the old Arlington International Racecourse. It was funny. I follow Cole Komet on Twitter. He says, my gosh, we might be playing right in my backyard because I think he lives (laughs) maybe two minutes from Arlington 
international race course. Kind of right in the middle of Arlington Heights, Rolling Meadows, and Palatine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, this, this, is, is a, this is a bargaining chip, right? I mean, this is a negotiation. This is a forcing of the hand, maybe. I, I think it's probably that. But I think if you're the Bears, this would make sense in a lot of ways. First of all, now, there would have to be some infrastructure improvements made up there for Arlington to be able to handle the traffic. But, I mean, they already park quite a few cars up there for for Arlington International. You would use the property. You would build a new stadium, I would think, with a retractable roof. Because if you build a stadium with a retractable roof, I guarantee you a Super Bowl would be held there. In Chicago? Yeah. Mm. And if you're the Bears and you have your own place, now all the parking revenue, all the consent, basically every dollar that is spent there goes to you. It might just be paid off in three three years. Exactly. With the amount of income. Okay. So there's there are a lot of... If you look at this from a Chicago Bears perspective, yes, at the very least, it's a bargaining chip to use against the city of Chicago to threaten. But you might look at it and say, this might really be worth the investment that we're looking to make. But again, long ways off. Yeah. And the Bears admit this. This this is not anything that would happen within the next five years, I don't believe. But we will see. Okay. So I, I think it does merit keeping an eye on. Now, I've seen these kind of rumors in the past. Back in the 80s, there were all kinds of rumors the Cubs were going to leave Wrigley Field and go up and play in Schaumburg. Well, that was never really taken seriously. Yeah. This this might have a little more merit given the way the National Football League works these days. And if you look at some of these stadiums that are being built, like SoFi Stadium where the Rams play now, those are those are attractive state or the stadium in Las Vegas where the Raiders moved to. Those are attractive stadiums. By the way, the Bears could also then host, host their own concerts. You put a retractable roof on that, you could have concerts there, and all of a sudden, yeah, stadium-sized shows in the winter. Yeah, hmm. two ninety-four to two ninety for you and I. Right. An I mean, e- it's not an easy. It's not difficult to get to. Yeah, an easy uh, track. And the Metro trains run right there past Arlington. Okay. So, well, something to keep an eye on. Uh, college football playoff revisions. This you, happened while uh, you were away Okay. in Orlando. I was going to say on vacation, but you weren't on vacation. You were working. Nevertheless, this happened during that, and we never really regrouped and talked about it. I thought since we had some Bears talk, uh, we could also talk about this. Before we get to that, though, I do want to point out, uh, and I posted an article about this yesterday on both Twitter and Facebook. Okay. Justin Fields, the new Bears draft choice at quarterback, the young man that got standing ovation at Wrigley Field when he was introduced to the Cubs crowd, the young man that is seen as the 
future savior of the Chicago Bears franchise at quarterback. Justin Fields says he's okay with Andy Dalton being the starter this year while he while he learns. Now, he's okay because, well, the checks from the McCaskies are still going to clear. So he's he's being a team player, and he's saying he's okay. And as I said, he might be alone in that. Matt Nagy has said he doesn't see any feasible way that anybody besides Andy Dalton is the starter for the Bears for week one. And that's okay. You want Justin Fields to, to learn the ropes a little bit? That's fine. But kids, I want you to think, and and you're the Disney expert, so you can tell me which toy story this was. Mm-hmm. The time that Andy, that uh, Woody's boot that had Andy scribbled on it, and there's a point in one of the toy stories where that gets painted over. Uh, the second one. Yeah. So think of Toy Story 2, because there's going to be a point where Matt Nagy is forced to paint over Woody's boot and take Andy down. That's the first thing I thought of when I saw that article and was... And put Justin up. How many times have we seen a coach, and the game's going bad, and it's like, you're in. He did it last year in like week three. Yeah. By the way, Andy Dalton speaking at Crossroads Community Church in Goshen this weekend. Really? Happy Father's Day. It's a video, but the pastor, I believe, sat down with him. They talk about Father's Day. He He's a good dude. Yeah. Nobody is saying that Andy Dalton isn't a fine, upstanding citizen. Everybody is saying there's no question that the Red Rifle is not the answer for the Chicago Bears. That's just not going to work. And Justin Fields' time is coming. I don't know that it's here quite yet, but it's coming. <laughs> and I think it's coming before the end of the 2021 season. Okay. So, something to keep an eye on while we talk about Bears stadiums. Now, college football playoff. This happened while you were gone. And there is talk. It still has to be finally approved. But the recommendation of a committee that included Jack Swarbrick, the athletic director at the University of Notre Dame, is that the college football playoff expand from four teams to 12. That's a huge jump. It is a huge jump. And what has been one of the mantras that we have given you on 329 episodes of the Yak? When you hear about a change that is happening or something happens and it doesn't quite make sense, and what three words of advice do I give you Follow the money. Boom. <laughs> follow the money. Because stay off the bypass is four Forwards, words. Yes. But follow the money is three words. That's, that's why that was key to the clue. Very good. Follow so how many weekends does that mean for a college playoff? Well. Do, or do all 12 play, then it goes down to six. So here, here's how it works. Break it down for me. Okay. You have 12 teams. The top four conference champions would get seeds one through four. Okay. Then you would have games between five, five versus 12, six versus 11, seven, 10, eight versus nine. Okay. Those would be played on the home fields of the five, six, seven, eight teams. Okay. After that's done, now you've got one through eight. Those are your quarterfinals. 
You'd have semifinals and a national championship game. So four, basically a four-week playoff. It would start, obviously, before New Year's Day. Then, and and the devil is in the details. Some of the details still have to be worked out. Yeah, does that extend the season? Well, Does that yeah. add, a, add a couple games now, to someone's? Now, think about this for a college football player. Okay. It used to be way back in the day. Okay. You'd play an 11-game season, and then you'd play a bowl game. And then we had, okay, you play an 11-game season, and you play a conference championship game, and you play a bowl game. And then we went to a four-team playoff, and so now you play an 11-game season and a conference championship game and a four-team playoff. How long have we been in four-team playoff uh, mode? A while. Oh, it's been a while. A while. Okay. You know, at least 10 years. Okay. So now you're up to, like, what's that, 14 games. Now you're going to have teams playing 11-game season. They're going to play a conference championship game. And they might have to play four additional weeks. Wow. it's a lot of games. A lot of games. A lot of games for a college football player. Now, Notre Dame, you heard me say, conference champions go in slots one through four. Is Notre Dame in a conference? They are not. They're an independent team. So they can't be one of the top four teams as they are currently listed. And this has caused quite the hubbub. Does that mean they're going to join a conference or they just fight and scrape for number five? Right. Now, a lot of people think this is going this is going to force their hand. They are going to have to join a conference now. They're just going to have to join the ACC. And I say not so fast, my friend. First of all, if you look at the last 28 years of Notre Dame football, everything since that 1993 season where they beat Florida State here, then lost to Boston College, and finished number two. So the last 28 years of Notre Dame football, do you know how many times they've ended the year in the top four? I do not. Three. Three times. Now, if you looked at the top 12, there's probably, I think it's 10 or 11 okay. times that they Higher number. in the top 12. So are you going to join a conference? Again, follow the money. Are you going to share your money from the NBC contract and everything you get from that and share that with the Atlantic Coast Conference, knowing that, yes, you're going to get some money from the ACC too? Are you going to do that if you're Notre Dame? Are you going to limit your schedule to, okay, now we're just pretty much playing games on the East and Southeast Coast? Or are you going to maintain your reputation as a national school as an independent for three times over 28 years. I think they stay in independent. I think, plus, if you're in those five, six, seven, eight slots, Mm -hmm. you can get an extra home game, which there's going to be a lot of years where Notre Dame is probably in those five, six, seven, eight slots. You get an extra home game. Here's another thing. Do the math on what an extra home game would be financially. Here's another thing to remember. 
you don't have to play a conference championship game to get in. If Notre Dame goes through the year uh, ten and one or eleven and zero, and if they're eleven and zero, there will be oh we should have you know we should have been one of the top fourteen. Okay, well you can't be. Yep, because the rules but, are conference champion. While everybody else is knocking themselves out to play in a conference championship game, you don't have to. You get a week of rest to get ready. Oh, here's one more thing to remember, too. It used to be Notre Dame had a one-in-four chance of making the college football playoff, right? There's four slots right now, so you've Mm -hmm. got a one-in-four chance. Well, even with six conference champions getting in, there are six at-large teams. So now Notre Dame's gone from having a one-in-four chance of getting in to a one-in-six chance of getting in. Better chances. Better chances. Everything lines up for them staying as an independent. I I just I don't see where the push is to join a conference. As we record this, where are they at in the process? Is this is this going to happen? This is going to be presented to college presidents, I believe, next Friday. Okay. College presidents are the only ones who can actually they kind of sit over the college football playoff committee. So they're the only ones who can say, okay, we think we should do this. It wouldn't really change, though, until 2023 is the first year that you would see this happen. So in Indiana, college presidents in our backyard would be? Well, John Jenkins is the president of the University of Notre Dame. Now, I don't know if he sits on this committee of presidents. It's not every college president. It's It's a committee of presidents. Okay. I think there's 16 of them. Okay. Okay. So fascinating. I think it will happen. Are you for it? Let's get to that. Are you for this? I think I on one hand, I kind of think 12 is a little overdone because I really don't think the number 12 team in the country is going to win. But I I will say this at at lower than the division 1 level at the 1AA or the Division 2 or Division 3, they have, I believe, either a 16 or a 24-team playoff. Mm. So it's been executed at other levels of college football. And I don't see any problem with expanding it from four. Although I, I sit here and say that, and on the other side of my mind, I think, well, when have I ever seen a year where I thought, boy, the number five team really got hosed here? They could have won the national title. And let's face it, right now in college football, if your name isn't Alabama or Clemson or Ohio State, does anybody really think you're going to win the national championship? Right. But that's changed over the course of history. You wouldn't have said that 10 years ago. It's just the current. Well, 10 years ago, I would have only said Alabama. (laughs) Right. So people have moved up the ladder. But, I mean, in 10 years, that top three could change. Of course it could. Yeah. I mean, and let's let's face it. I said, okay, 28 years ago. Let's look at 30 years ago and the scene in college football. We would have been talking about teams like Miami and Notre Dame and Florida State. Florida State, USC. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, right now, you don't even mention the Pac-12 in terms of college football national championship contenders. 
In fact, under this format last year, Pac-12 team would not have been one of the top four. They would not have been one of the top four rated conferences. They would have had to play in that five through 12 morass. Okay. Morass? Morass. Let's get into basketball playoffs. Did you watch any last night? I'm sorry I did not. Well, you didn't miss much because the Bucks had no problem handling Brooklyn last night. Giannis was on the attack and leads the Bucks into a Game 7 situation with the Brooklyn Nets. And, of course, the big question with the Brooklyn Nets, how healthy is James Harden? How healthy is Kyrie Irving? Can Kevin Durant put this team on his back like he did in Game 5 when he had that triple-double and played the game of his life? Can he do it again in a Game 7? Or can Giannis and the Bucks finally get a road win in this series and upset the apple cart in the Eastern Conference? You know who is upsetting the apple cart in the Eastern Conference right now is the Atlanta Hawks. They won on the road Wednesday night at Philadelphia. The Sixers had them down, Corey, by 26 points. <laughs> and Atlanta comes back to win. The Sixers in the Eastern Conference semifinals get booed off the court in their own arena. If there's nothing that's vintage Philadelphia, it's that. <laughs> I would have never have thought you would have had the name Atlanta in a playoff. Exactly. This high. Yeah. And... Who's the coach of the Atlanta Hawks this year? Nate McMillan. Where was he coaching last year and got fired? The Indiana Pacers. Maybe it wasn't the coach. <laughs> Maybe it's the roster you put together down there in Indianapolis that's the cause of all the Pacers' problems right now. When's that game seven, Chuck? So the game game six to, or game seven for the Bucks in Brooklyn, I believe, is Saturday night. Okay. Game six tonight for Atlanta. And Philadelphia, Atlanta will be playing at home with a chance to close out the Sixers, as will the Clippers. And I owe Paul George an apology because, or apology, because on this show Wednesday, I said I don't think Paul George can carry a team, and he did. He did Wednesday night. He carried the Clippers to a win in Utah over the Jazz, and so now the Jazz have to go on the road and beat the Clippers in L.A. tonight in order to keep their season alive. You want to shoot this puck in the net and wrap it up? Hockey Tampa Bay is the defending Stanley Cup champion, and they're playing like it. They beat the Islanders last night by a count of 2-1. to one. They lead that series two games to one, so the lightning striking. Interesting to see the Vegas-Montreal series develop because Vegas won game one rather handily. Vegas is a heavy favorite in this series, but Montreal came back and won at Vegas the other night, so game three of that series is in Canada tonight. This will be the first time that an American team has played in Canada since the pandemic, Corey. And it'll be interesting to see uh, how warmly or not warmly the Americans are welcomed up there because a lot of people in Canada blame the United States for spreading the virus. One Hit Wonders on Sports Yak with 2Ks on Twitter. Lisa Lowe versus Criss Cross. Jump by Criss Cross is your winner. Which ticked off, apparently, Lisa Loeb. Evil, or, evil Lisa Loeb. And what, was, did, <laughs> what did evil Lisa Loeb have to say to the yak? She tweeted to us, I was not a one-hit wonder. You will be destroyed. 
And I was like, what is this? And then I went to the Twitter account, which has 2,000 followers. I'm hideously evil, and my Geico commercials are the best ad ever filmed. Lisa Loeb lets us do this. We aren't really her. What? <laughs> this reminds me of the, uh, who was that person you thought tweeted you and I had to let you know she was dead? Carol Channing, yeah. <laughs> She's dead. I I knew evil Lisa Loeb was not actually Lisa Loeb. (laughs) That'd be great if she was. Uh, Yesterday, a landslide, Chuck. Come on, Eileen. 88% of the votes over undercover Angel. I think come on, Eileen might be the favorite. Yeah. Today, Uh, what do we have? Unbelievable by EMF. 61% of the votes right now versus Bad Day, Daniel Powder. A true one-hit wonder at number one, 39%. Yeah, I, I don't think that one's going to change over. Unbelievable. Oh! I bet you that. I bet you that song made more money in sync rights than it did actual as a hit, purchases, downloads, Now, what do you mean sync rights? Uh, on commercials, on sports, okay. on video games. Gotcha. I bet you they made some sweet cash. I mean, that was probably on every sports center, you know, the year after it came oh, out of yeah. just, you know... Unbelievable. And, and the, highlights, you know. et cetera, et yeah. cetera. Uh-huh. So you're saying we don't have to have a fundraiser for EMF, even though they're a one-hit wonder. We do not. Okay. That, Maybe M, but not so much E and F. E and F are doing great. <laughs> M, too far down the alphabet, kind of packed in the middle there at letter 13. Sorry. That's, that's just not going to work for you. All oh, right. we have feedback, too. Feedback, yeah. We, we have we have a little bit of feedback. Remember, a couple episodes ago, we did overrated, underrated on pizzas. Yes, pizza places, and we did the chains, and we failed to include Pizza King in the chains. Is that a big enough chain to be included? Well, it, locally, it, or is that it, a is that a national chain? It, I think it's a Midwest chain. Okay, and so uh, apparently. Robert is a fan of the Pizza King, particularly the one in Warsaw. I find that Pizza Kings, while they are a chain, I think they kind of oscillate quite a bit in terms of uh, goodness. So that the Pizza King in Roseland may not be regarded or may be higher regarded than the Pizza King, say, in Muncie. I have one Pizza King story, and here it comes. 23 years ago, when we moved from the south side of South Bend to the gated community of Granger. Yes. We were one week in the house trying to figure out what to have for dinner. You know, that awkward week of unpacking and whatever. We had Pizza King in Granger one time. And I've not had it in 23 years. Wow. It was that bad. It just, there's more out there. Yeah. There's there's 13 pizza places in Granger, Chuck. 13. 13. It's a running joke. And how many people live in Granger? Uh, that's a great question. I've never looked this up. Stand by. We're going to the internet. Granger, Indiana. What's your guess? In the 46530, I'd say there's probably 10,000 people. 30,000. Wow. As of 2019, 30,000. That includes domestic servants. It. <laughs> Hey, you got me. You got me. You're on Twitter, right? I am. Oh, by the way, he also he also had problems. Robert did not appreciate the fact that we didn't include Antonio's and Elkhart in our top three pizzas locally. The reason I didn't 
Whenever I go to Antonio's, I don't eat pizza. I eat the other stuff. Uh, that's not on Casopolis Street, is no, it? No, it's on Goshen Avenue. I don't even know that place. I'm okay. sorry. Uh, what they am I have award-winning of? pizzas. The Cataldo family. Is there a Da Vinci's on Casopolis Street? I'm thinking Da Vinci's of? is on. Um, it's on South Main, I believe. What's the one that's on the corner, kind of on the corner of Six and Casopolis Street? Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Kind of that across might be from- called Da Vinci's as well. Okay. Um, that's good. I've had that before. It's yeah. good, but I don't change my top three. Sorry, Robert. Nope. Anyway, but thanks I am for on, listening. I am on Twitter at Forty Six Sports. Are those quips like I just got nailed with on the Twitter as well? <laughs> Sometimes. Man, I love me some quips. Sometimes. I'm I'm glad you enjoyed that one. Until next time, Yak fans. Ooga Luga, Steve Carlton. Now talk to the media. We've had some fun. Yeah, the show is done. Now we gotta run. It's Sport Check. Sport Check. Sport Check is not filmed in front of a live studio audience. We done.